0: Welcome friends, I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire, to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life, and we both know that that life starts inside of you. If you want to say goodbye to anxiety, frustration, and negative self-talk, and say hello to peace, mindfulness, gratitude, and living your best life, you've come to the right place. In each episode, we're gonna dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not social conditioning, and not your past. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, it's time to feel incredible from the inside out. Hey there, thanks so much for tuning in to another interview episode on the awesome Inside Out podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, the absolute best way that you can always support is by sharing it on social media and with the people that you love. Also, you can always support by popping over to iTunes and leaving a review. Leaving a review ensures that the algorithm pushes the podcast forward so that other people around the world also get notified and can get access to this content. So thank you so much in advance. Also make sure to stay to the end as I'm going to offer some applicable takeaways and a challenge this week to upgrade your well-being. All right. So for years I went to therapy and I dove into self-development work. And through doing that, I discovered time and time again that we can't heal what we aren't aware of. And often we can't become aware until we have this deep connection to our inner knowing, and to our body. And without this awareness, we prevent ourselves from letting go of our old selves. And I've discovered in this process though, it does require a level of courage, unconditional love, and often powerful support. In other words, we might need external support to help us access the feelings that we've been suppressing, and also support to help us slowly remove the walls blocking us from these important feelings. Today's guest is someone who truly understands this deeper level of healing. Crystal Mortison is a trauma and nervous system specialist, certified somatic experiencing practitioner, healer, and mystic. She's been in private practice for over 20 years, helping people heal and clear unresolved trauma, attachment wounds, balance, energetic, emotional, and mental equilibriums, and find their way back to themselves. Crystal has a unique ability to weave together the realms of the mind, physical body, subtle body, energy, and spirit, while bridging ordinary and non-ordinary reality. Crystal has studied extensively with greats in the field of trauma attachments, somatics, meditation, and energy healing, and she brings this balance of ancient wisdom and modern science to her work. For the past several months, I've been working with Crystal personally, and it has been truly profound for me to learn how to develop both emotional resilience and self-regulation. Today, Crystal and I sit down to discuss the power of somatic healing, why so many of us disassociate and don't allow ourselves to feel our full spectrum of emotions and crucial tools to help you feel so that you can heal. I'm so excited for you to join this powerful conversation now. Hi Crystal, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Hi, thanks
1: for having me. I'm I'm really excited for our conversation.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm so grateful for you taking the time to do this. We have been working together for about 4 months and it's been really profound for me to witness this work. I had been doing a lot of talk therapy and I've done a lot of healing throughout my life, but I was avoiding (laughs) unconsciously some of this (laughs) repressed unresolved trauma, Mm. Um, working through some of my attachment wounds, learning how Mm. to develop the emotional resilience where I wouldn't sabotage, learning how to do self-regulation and specifically working with breath, sound and feelings was something that I thought I was doing well at. Like I thought Mm. I could go in and do ensemble healing and feel my emotions. But then I ended up starting to work with a therapist who who helped me recognize the deeper level of disassociation I had from my childhood and how I kind of had left um, home and put up this wall and really disconnected Mm -hmm. from my past. And I was viewing it as a movie and I wasn't allowing myself to really feel into some of these deeper emotions. And so when we met... I was very much in this practice of surrender similar to what is described in the surrender experiment. So when my friend Libby recommended you and she said, you have to meet this woman, she lives in Hawaii, I've been working with her, she's incredible. I was just like, okay, intro me. And then when we met, I was a bit intimidated and I was like, "Uh, surrender (laughs) experience, surrender (laughs) experience. Like I'm going to allow myself to do this work and at least give myself permission and step into the courageous willingness to do it at least, you know, a couple sessions. And that's where we started. And since then, it's been really profound to recognize how allowing myself to feel some of these deeper feelings has given me the sort of pendulum swing to feel more joy and aliveness and even the ability to play and just feel, as you describe, alive in my Mm -hmm. life. And so I would love to start with your personal story and... Um, I know you've been doing this work for 30 years, which is incredible. And so I would love to hear, because I actually don't know what got you inspired into this work and how you kind of led you to becoming a nervous system specialist and um, a somatic uh, neuroplasticity expert. So we could start there.
1: Okay. Well, gosh, (laughs) um, I'm so glad that our work together has like added something to the table for you and, you know, deepened things. And I think that's really so much the gift of, of this type of work is that, you know, in our culture, you know, a lot of this isn't really, it's like a lot of us didn't grow up with this, right. We didn't grow up in families where, you know, um, we're, aware we're working with ourselves or aware of ourselves, you know, in these other, in these other ways. And so it can be this whole like uncharted territory (laughs) and can really add this, this missing piece. So then that was really in a lot of ways, my story. And I've not, I've never really talked about, you know, my story, but how, how it all began just to kind of go back to the beginning is, you know, I grew up in a, you know, a family where my mom had really severe PTSD. She grew up in Germany in World War II as a little child. So like her nervous system developed during this, you know, really horrific, scary time. And then there was, and there was a lot of intergenerational trauma on that side, going back, you know, World War One and in the family. And so a lot of trauma on my dad's side as well. And so growing up in our family was you know, there just wasn't a nervous system regulation, you know, there wasn't a feeling of safety. And I was just anxious and scared all the time as a little kid. And so, you know, fast forwarding to, you know, by the time I was a teenager, you know, I pretty much kind of was imploding. And that took the form of, you know, by the age of 15, I had you know, dropped out of high school, uh, run away, had had run away multiple times, had been in detention home, was, you know, drinking and using drugs heavily and smoking two packs a day and had an eating disorder and was suicidal. I mean, like I had like the whole list of like what can happen with trauma, you know, early trauma, you know, it's like check, check all the boxes, you know. And at that time, you know, the, trauma the idea of trauma wasn't really on the radar you know that was in Mm. the you know 80s right so um there wasn't really a conversation about oh this is you know when you have you know you grow up in this scary or stressful environment you know you're it's gonna show up in your nervous system and then you're gonna find other ways to cope you know when you don't have regulation you know and so you know, then at the age of 17, I kind of had this big pivot and found yoga and uh, transcendental meditation. I just had this affinity for, I just knew there, I hoped there was an answer. I always felt inside, like there's gotta be a way through this. There's gotta be a way to, to not live in this suffering all the time. And I didn't really know what was wrong, but I always had this in a way, this affinity for uh, meditation and, you know, uh, embodiment work and mindfulness, and so from that point on, it was really a long period of searching for healing, but not really knowing what the problem was, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, that took me to. I were I really started with, you know, um, the body. Uh, I mean, well, I studied psychology and pre med in university. And then, kind of, was really looking for. I think I was always really looking for, like, what kind of what's the answer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, like, kind of what what really creates true healing? And I went yes. down a lot, a lot of different avenues. And I was, uh, you know, worked in physical therapy, and I was a social worker. I worked in the suicide crisis you know, as outreach worker for that here. And, and everything felt like kind of a dead end, you know, like, I was like, well, this isn't really, this doesn't really get to it is what I, I found. So I just kind of kept, you know, there was a, this something in me that just kind of kept me going, "Mm, there's, there's gotta be, there's more to understand here. And so, you know, eventually, you know, I just studied everything I could both for, the clients I was working with, the, the the folks that were coming to me, and then also for for myself. I think a lot of us get into this line of work, uh, into healing work, you know, because we are wanting to heal, you know, something in ourselves and then also understand it for, okay, how does this apply? Because I think most of us know there's something universal about what we're going through, mm-hmm. right? That it, it's not just us. And so that combo of like, okay, healing, healing the self, healing what's broken, finding out even what that, what that is, um, understanding what's going on, but then also like, how does this fit into the, the bigger picture of the human condition and wanting to, to understand that and have something to offer. And so that took me down a lot of roads, and I just studied you know, everything from Pilates was a really big part of my story. I had a lot of, I ended up having a lot of pain. Um, and so Pilates was a great way for me to really get into the bottom up approach of working with, you know, the body and awareness and breath. And at that time I thought, oh, this is really, you know, you kind of restructure things from the ground up and then that's going to ripple up into, um, what's going on in, you know, your, your mind and your emotions. And then that kind of has a ceiling, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're not really working with the trauma. And then I was getting involved in in Continuum with Emily Conrad and, you know, cranial sacral work. And, you know, I just kept being like, okay, I want to, I need to learn more. There's some missing piece. And eventually that uh, brought me to um, somatic experiencing. Mm. And I found SE, right, Peter Levine's work, when I, you know, a, a trauma happened for me and it just unraveled my whole system and i was like whoa
2: <laughs>
1: i've been doing all this you know kind of like inner work for so long and then my nervous system just just it's like everything from my childhood kind of unraveled me it's like you just tap it in the wrong pl- in the in the right place <laughs> or the wrong place and things just kind of start to to fall apart or that can happen you know with complex and early trauma that is Still dormant in a way, like you're kind of work. You're you're managing it, or you're working around, or you know you're going on in your life, and then something happens, and those weak spots just start to kind of show themselves. And nothing was really addressing that. You know, I had done a lot of talk therapy. You know, done all this. You know, um, mind body work and meditation. I had been meditating for many years, and you know, doing long retreats and um, and still, when the PTSD really got ignited, none of that really touched it. Mm. So yeah, and I think that's a that's not an uncommon story.
0: Yeah, no, that's my story for sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I was hitting a ceiling right where I was living and still am to some extent with low grade anxiety every day all day long mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. assuming because of you know the fact that I'm highly functional and type A and can get a lot done that that's a normal way to live and even though I've been in so much talk therapy and have done so much of the mind body work like you shared and have done so much inner work and spent weeks upon weeks in meditation courses and and meditating daily there is that piece of the nervous system and the somatic work that is so important. And and I'm noticing in myself that even having the low grade anxiety and then often having, and not often, but occasionally, maybe once a year, having having a panic attack. And then having the fear of the panic attack that causes the anxiety too, I was noticing that I wasn't getting to that piece. And so for the listeners who are not really sure what somatic experiencing is. Can we just mm-hmm. dive a little bit into what it is and how it how it specifically supports in remapping and rewiring the nervous system in a way that can be really, really profound?
1: Yeah. Yeah, sure. And, you know, just it, there really is, you know, at this point, I've like a larger umbrella beyond like the, the purview of SE. And that, that was my entree into, you know, becoming a you know, trained in trauma and how to be a practitioner uh, working with trauma in the body and the nervous system. So, from the SE perspective, you know what what they're really working with is a lot of shock trauma. Is these the way that when an overwhelming event have happens, right, or something that overwhelms our nervous system and our ability to cope and feels overwhelming for us and for our physiology that that gets a bit stuck in the nervous system as well as in uh, just, it can be in in any and all layers of the body, you know? So the charge of that kind of high, high intensity experience, because it's not always an event, it can be a, uh, like a, on something more ongoing, right? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. So the idea with SE is that you are like renegotiating to, so the charge of that, that's still running in your nervous system and basically signaling your nervous system, signaling, you know, your, your other tissues that we work with resolving that. So that charge moves out of your system. And the idea, you know, with, you know, SE is that as long as that signal right? That charge signal is running Mm -hmm. and it's signaling from inside, you know, you're just not gonna, your physiology is not going to re-regulate. And in an ideal scenario, if we've, I mean, honestly, we have like really good early development of the nervous system and we grow up in like a matrix of safety and regulation and there's good attachment and good enough attachment, like it doesn't have to be perfect, but if we have enough that the the system knows how to regulate itself. We recover a lot better. You know, we can have you know things happen, and we're able to kind of come back to a baseline of regulation. But if we've never had that, then what is there to come back to? It's just like these, you know, uh, stress happens or these you know overwhelming events or just chronic you know stress over time happen. And the system just doesn't have a baseline of what it feels like to not be in survival Mm -hmm. physiology.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's what I find to be kind of the bigger, like the bigger work and the bigger issue. And it goes a bit in a way beyond the SE framework, because that's more designed for shock trauma and more event trauma, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you, something Mm -hmm. big happens. And then your your system just doesn't, you know, come back down into a safe physiology after. And then you're, you're kind of stuck in that survival physiology. And then that just kind of continues on from there. And, and so if the system doesn't know how to reset, then, you know, that program keeps running. So the idea with SE is that it's like a return to a regulated safe physiology. However... Mm. <laughs> if we never had it, right? Like so, this is the the, the difficulty with early an attachment and developmental trauma is your system has grown around uh, this sense of threat. Every okay. all the systems haven't right. developed in that way, and the nervous system just never learned what it feels like to be to really feel safe in an embodied way.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, that's when I connect to my deepest pain, it is fear of the world all the time, like just moving through life is fear of the world. And that was, that was what I grew up with. And I know my parents did their absolute best, but now when there is nothing to fear, there's this often dialogue between my husband and our therapist, which is you're shopping for pain or you're shopping for the experience of the fear that is not even there but because my nervous system doesn't know <laughs> any better in those moments and so it's like seeking and trying to find what do i need to protect myself from how do i make you know everything on my to do list go away so that again there's and i don't even know what it is about my to do list but it's like that ocd compulsive i have to keep myself going and that was something else I was learning with you is like just this idea of the keeping myself going mitigates the stress and the concern and the worry that something will then get me or that there's something to fear then because then I can't be with myself. And I can say that sitting and doing our work together and having to <laughs> having to like sit for 30 minutes and do nothing and and feel everything that's in my body. It's, it's terrifying. It really is terrifying. And at the same time and tell me if I'm wrong, but it feels as if I'm remapping that to no longer to remind myself in every moment and to no longer be in that, that fight or flight.
1: Well, yeah. You know, and I think, you know, this, this thing about like, that it's a choice is like, that's where, you know, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding for a lot Mm. of folks around, you know, their own like trauma or Mm -hmm. their own responses is there's this, I, there's this notion, like we're so sure that we have so much choice about it and that we're so aware of what's going on. And the truth is, is so much of this is happening in these invisible layers that we can't see. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we can't even feel, we don't even know where it's coming from. And this signal of threat is igniting our system and we can't access it through, you know, that like just the cognitive, the the layer of like understanding or deciding, oh, I'm going to do something different. And that's the hallmark of trauma is it's this reflexive, um, non-volitional, these non-volitional responses that like take over the system and are stronger than our ability to override them. Mm. Right. So I think so much of us come to, you know, when we're wanting to do our own healing work is we're really looking at, you know, we think we're going to understand it better. And it's going to happen on that level of like what we can see and what we can understand. And the truth is so much of the signaling is happening in it's coming from we can't even find where it's coming from. But right. we just know we're experiencing the symptom, which is there's this danger signal going on all the time.
0: Right. Right. And you also point out, and and I think it's important to recognize that, and I don't know how you define this, but trauma does not necessarily depend, or even how your nervous system has reacted to something does not depend on what we would deem a severity of an event, um, yeah. but how it specifically impacts our nervous system and how our nervous system responds and changes as a result of that. And so yep. getting to that to that layer of of understanding and I think for me it brought a lot of compassion to okay. this process to say wow I've done all of this work and it's okay to be frustrated that you're not you don't feel fully healed yet or you don't feel fully alive in your body yet and to come back to the patience of just understanding how deeply ingrained these patterns are in our nervous system. And so can we talk a little bit about trauma and maybe how you speak about it and share about it and what's important for people to know as they begin to do, to do this work?
1: Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, what you're saying is is really accurate in terms of it is not, trauma is not in the event, right. And it's very subjective and. I'm almost thinking we need different language. Mm. <laughs> I want some different language around it because trauma is it's just, I don't know, like the, the longer I do this work, the more because there's so there can be such a focus on, okay, I need to re, you know, renegotiate the thing that happened and heal, you know, we're trying to heal the past and all of this, right? Which is 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 important. But I think the road to true healing is on, it's like we're building, we have to We kind of have to build a new system because it's like we, we, if we've developed, which so many of us have under this feeling of, you know, danger and threat. And, and honestly, like this is coming a lot. It's in the field, Mm -hmm. right? It's Mm -hmm. not just in like individual families, you know, it's like, this is, we're kind of swimming in it. And So what I found is really the road that I'm most interested in and that I really focus on with clients is we is building a system that is like it's harmonic, it's coherent, it's it's regulated. There is this relationship with with ourselves that includes like all layers of who we are and it's like developing a system that can learn and grow and be in life in a in a very full way as opposed to in these kind of patterned reflexive automatic ways that show up both in our body responses but then also in our thought patterns and like emotional responses or just behavior Mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's such a hallmark of trauma is if we look at it as it's basically something that, that keeps us stuck. Yes. Trauma is about getting sort of like, it's like we get crystallized, we're <laughs> stuck and there's this way the system kind of keeps going around the same thing and it, it can't quite move out of that. So developing, a, it's like, we need to actually grow something new as opposed to just working with what's there or the old material in a different way. If that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Because Social, yeah. yeah. Well, especially if you don't have a reference like you shared earlier, like I I don't have a reference of being around a mother who is not constantly in fear. I have no reference yeah. for that. So because I don't have a reference, it's it's like, how do I even seek to find that? And then how do I heal how do I heal that in myself if I don't understand what that feeling even feels like. And the other piece I was going to share, which I think is really profound, which allowing myself to feel the feelings and go into the body and access the parts of my body that were holding onto the past allowed me to witness that often the trauma I was associating to maybe sabotage or you know mm-hmm. something that comes up with my husband where I'm you know in a process with him, where I'm in projection. I'm noticing in myself that the story of the trauma isn't the actual story related to that piece. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you start to recognize, oh, wow, it's actually that comment that I brushed aside and put under the rug from the girl when I was five years old that's bringing this up that I that I forgot about. It's not the divorce that you know my parents went through. And although it, the divorce had an impact, of course, where I'm often finding these subtleties of moments throughout my life that deeply, deeply impacted me and it has this string attached to all of these other defining moments and that's what i find so beautiful about this process it's like weaving a new story and disconnecting the cord from the one that we've been unconsciously living from most of our lives
1: yeah right and and mm-hmm. you know this idea of like what is i mean really ultimately like it's what is liberation mm-hmm. right and what is freedom and, you know, we you know, we're, I really believe, you know, it's like, we're here to be moving forward. And that's what trauma really kind of interrupts, right? Is this, it's like this thing of, oh, this again, again, mm-hmm. and again, and again, this repetition mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. like, gosh, you know, this is just not like this thing of like, it's just, it's fixity, right? Trauma is really fixity. And so like, how do we, how do we move out of fixity? and able to really like move forward and evolve. <clears throat> and trauma becomes, I think to me, I think, you know, as we go on, the trauma becomes less important than like, how do we move forward? And like trauma is just the thing that's like in the way <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's sort of like, or that we, or it, when there's trauma, we're organizing around that instead of organiz- organizing, around something different, right. About like kind of where we're headed and so I really think that keep, keeping the, the, pers- the eye on the bigger the bigger picture, I think for me as a, you know, in my own process, but also as a practitioner, it kind of takes things to this next level of, you know, our, our own development going forward. And, you know, the more we're able to clear the things that are holding us in place, keeping us stuck, the things that we're repeating over and over without really getting out of the, the loop or out of mm-hmm. the maze, you know that's really you know focusing on that i think for me in terms of perspective that changes things from the focus on the trauma even in the healing process being something that can kind of keep us stuck mm-hmm. so it's almost like we have to, we have to work with it while keeping our the clarity on like really moving we're we're clearing it so we can move forward and make sure we don't get fixated around it in the healing process which mm-hmm. can happen Absolutely. You know, well, you know, I was just thinking that, you know, as I went along after, you know, st- studying SE and, and assisting the SE training program for years and studying organic intelligence and assisting there, like I was really, really deep in that, in that world. And, you know, that for me had a ceiling, you know, and like, so I went on to study the developmental and attachment work, and that was another piece, but really at a certain point, what I realized needed to be included in for my own process. And then of course I started to really bring that into to my work with clients and then like, oh, that's a game changer, is working with the subtle body and, and energy systems and understanding that there's the interplay between that aspect of us and the nervous system and physiology, like the way those are all woven together and linked together is really it adds this whole other layer of where the signaling is coming from, but also you can get these more quantum shifts going on when you work with the you know, energy, the subtle body, and then things can you can really restructure things um, from that level up. And I found that that allows more change to the nervous system that's beyond what we can do when we're working just mechanically. When we're working just on like bio, you know, like trying to do, you know, sensory exercises or by kind of biohack to get the nervous system to to go from sympathetic to parasympathetic, which is helpful. Like we need to know how to do that. And I think for a lot of us, if we didn't know how to do that. Having ways that we just our system knows how to shift gears mm-hmm. is really important. Mm-hmm. But then there is this I found that working with how our subtle body is actually what's signaling the nervous system and restructuring from there, we start we start to be able to create a very different infrastructure that the physiology then can organize differently around. And I found that it 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 kind of helps to not it, I found working in this way helps to not get caught in the or stuck in the trauma itself and in the narrative itself and in the like, like seeing, seeing trauma as something mechanical that we're like flipping the switch or just rewiring things. But we're really looking at, you know, kind of the underlayer of how things organize and, and a lot of this deeper signaling that's going on. And a lot Mm -hmm. of these things are actually, you know, happening again in these invisible layers that includes, you know, our energy system and, you know, this intergener- intergenerational signaling that's coming through that's actually very hard to locate when you're working with the nervous system in a vacuum, right? Mm. Like if you think of the nervous system as like, oh, it's in its own little echo chamber and you just are going to work with that, you know, you're missing that. It's embedded in these other systems and it's embedded in the, you know, uh, this larger matrix, you know, matrices, right. That are all overlapping. (laughs) And so I, I think the main thing that I found is we have to like nest and embed the nervous system, the body, the, the self, the personality, all of that within organizing these multiple organizing matrices that we are all in that we don't even realize. And without, without being embedded in that, we're just in our own little echo chamber and our nervous system is just signaling itself. And as long as we stay in that, I don't see, I don't really see a lot changing fundamentally. I didn't see it changing for me or for folks I was working with. It was kind of like, God, we're kind of hitting this ceiling. Like we're kind of seem to be going around the tree again. Um, How do we really get out of this? you know, the pattern. And what I found is that if we didn't, our I think the de- attachment and developmental process, ultimately, if it, if it, it's intended to nest us within these supportive matrices,
2: mm-hmm. right,
1: of, of mom, of family, of community, of earth, of the cosmos, of, right, all our, our ancestry and, you know, animals, the whole thing, right, that you're supposed to be it, the developmental process is to get nested within that. And if we're nested within that, then our nervous system and our physiology, our personality, all of that grows within that. And that's a really nurturing way to, to develop. And then for those with trauma, they grow up without that. And then you're like walking around like naked <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is how I see it. And the nervous system, then we think, oh, my job to heal is now I have to regulate In my own self, within me, in this vacuum, you know, and that just keep reflecting myself back to me in better ways. But that doesn't, you know, when you think about it, go, that doesn't even really make a lot of sense because it has to be, there has to be a signaling that's coming back and forth, Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. which
1: is attachment, right? And so I feel like to keep that in mind and to actually have that be the main focus and once the system is nested in something organizing, something supportive, then you start to see all the resources that actually show up to give the system what it it needs that it, it hasn't been getting. Mm. And if instead we're just looking at that one person and their nervous system in a vacuum, and then we're like saying, "Okay, you're asking your, you know, you're trying to ask yourself or your client or whatnot to." restructure that, signal themselves differently, you're saying, okay, let's have a traumatized system try to signal itself differently. Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it doesn't really make that much sense. So we need to be set in a different, we need to be set in a, a matrix that resources us. And then our system recalibrates to that instead of us recalibrating our own system. You know, Mm -hmm. by ourselves in Mm -hmm. isolation. You know, does that?
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. No. It absolutely makes sense. What's showing up for me, and as I'm thinking back on, even the way I use trauma as a way to attach to certain identities throughout my life, like the girl with the eating disorder, or the girl who has chaos in her life, and everything's hard and everything's challenging. And I'm noticing in myself even right now, thinking about that, like how different times in our life our trauma served right what we were doing in terms of sabotage or in terms of not moving forward or staying staying in the discomfort and then it's interesting because when i kind of shifted and left the modeling industry and started you know spending time in more of the spiritual communities i had so much shame about my sham- my trauma so then i hit it so it's also yeah. managing the mind and being available to recognizing how the mind is holding on to the trauma, right? And I'm just recognizing how like, you can't compartmentalize these different pieces, like the mind, the nervous system, all of the things are, like you're saying, this matrix that we have to kind of address everything. And I love that this somatic experiencing is that support and through the research and addressing trauma um, and getting to this, the stress at the root, you can work directly with the body to release and you know, renegotiate some of these unresolved states for someone who might be like, this sounds incredible. What does a session look like? Can we walk people through what a session would look like and kind of how this process would take place just so that there's a bit of understanding of, of what we're doing differently than with a traditional talk therapy session?
1: Yeah, sure. And again, it's a, it's a bit of a tricky question to answer Mm -hmm. because you know, I mean, if you're really working, you know, in, in the work, you're really looking at, okay, understanding how that person is, what they're coming with, you know, what they're wired, how they're wired, what's going on. And you're looking for the pathway of like to, the pathway to light up. That's like kind of heading us. It's like the beacon that's heading us out of the darkness. And for each person, that's going to look really, really different. And as a practitioner, what I'm doing in in session is really, that's what I've got my eye on is like, you know, where the, you know, kind of trying to follow the, you know, have them find the the flashlight or the light that's kind of helping to walk us out of the tunnel, you know, so uh, that's going to look really different for each person, what, what that, how that organizes. But ultimately it is going to come from, there is going to be a spark, you know, each person, there will be these sparks of light that you can follow. And so it's like looking for what those are and then following those sparks to kind of hedge you in the right direction. And, you know, what that looks like in session is, you know, everything from, you know, we usually start just chatting, talking, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of, and then seeing from there, usually something's going to emerge in the conversation if there's enough safety, right. Which you build together, you know, you build over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if there's, you know, enough of safety in the container, what's going to happen is, you know, as we we talk and things unfold, like the system is going to give you this roadmap to what is like of how to move towards more organization. And in, especially in the beginning, what we're really working with is resourcing, you know, resourcing the system, resourcing that the person to start to bring in some, you know, kind of this foundation of how to bring awareness. Basically, it's using awareness and intention in directing those in ways that move the system into more organization. Hmm. And so a lot of the beginning tools are what we're working with is, you know, a, a bit of a back and forth where the client will be letting me know, you know, kind of what they're noticing. And then I'm in a way like offering this guidance and coaching to like bring the attention in the direction or in ways that, that bring more organization resource, you know, to the system. So, you know, one of the things that is, I mean, that's one of the main things we can do in this work is work with our awareness. Because yeah. what happens is yeah. when our, uh, it's the, about the awareness, it's with trauma, it's really gets, it's really usually stuck in, in loops. You know, the awareness has, these like, kind of you know, gutters, <laughs> Mm -hmm. that gets stuck in. Mm -hmm. Right. So really where he was starting to kind of like unhook the attention and move it, move it in new directions. Um, Mm -hmm. but if we were to just, you know, we can do a little bit of some, like a beginning awareness, it's a somatic awareness practice as well as starts to get folks aware of tracking energy as well as starts to signal the nervous system to kind of start to have things move in a new way and start to Mm downregulate. I can kind of talk us through and we've worked with this um, Mm -hmm. something that I, I like to, to have folks work with in the beginning, especially, but as we go along that we could do here and kind of talk folks through a bit. And so they can have a bit of an experience of what, One of the beginning, uh, kind of more experiential aspects of the work, you know, could be.
0: Yeah, that'd be incredible. And I want to say, yeah, that sounds incredible. And I I would love to share that. Often, I think there's a subconscious resistance. I know this was true for me. Of Mm -hmm. okay, well, if I heal this trauma, then as I shared before, then then who will I be on the other side of this? How will I have to show up in my life? And what is it, what will it feel like to be able to experience more joy? And I think that's, that's terrifying. And at the same point, doing this work has also allowed me to witness that the body truly on such a deep level wants to be healed. Like it wants to come into balance and homeostasis, just the balance that's been there has been off of what would be the truest, highest well being connected to source and divinity that level of, you know, energetic capacity. And so for me, it's about being a witness to, okay, my body actually wants to heal. It truly mm. wants to heal and it wants to let this go. My mind is telling me it doesn't, but on a deep soul level, my heart is also in the desire of letting this go. And I think that's important for people to hear because there is a lot of resistance, right, to to this work that I have mm. found specifically and I know other people are overwhelming and excited to jump right in when they hear about it. But um, I just want to <laughs> offer that because, you know, at the end of the day, it does take sometimes that courageous step to say, you know, my highest self really deeply does want to let this go for past generations, future generations, and specifically for the outcome of my life.
1: Well, yeah. And I think, you know, if we were to even like look at the the word resistance and, mm-hmm. And instead say, well, there's fear. It's Mm -hmm. scary. Like I'm really scared to, you know, it's scary to be inside. It's scary to go inside because when I've done that before, it's been overwhelming. It hasn't felt like a safe place. It hasn't, you know, been resourcing to connect with my body or to be aware of something. And that's, I think what a lot of folks have experienced within themselves of like, if I'm in touch with this, then it, it doesn't go well. It, it You know, so having the experience of starting to be in touch with ourselves in a way that actually is safe and feels good and changes the experience um, where, you know, the fear is there for a reason. <laughs> the fear is there because yeah. when we've gone inside, it's been like, well, this is really overwhelming and it doesn't actually lead me to anything different. So I'm just not going to do that again. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. like, we haven't had this experience of it going well. <laughs> yeah. For a lot it makes of things
0: us. worse, right? <laughs> yeah. or, or it makes things worse. Like it's kind of that yeah. joke of like, once you start unraveling things, you're just down the rabbit hole, but yeah. there's clearing in that. <laughs> and it just sometimes requires the patience. And knowing and working with someone who can help you manage it in a safe way, like like you and I don't talk every single week because Mm -hmm. I don't have the, I don't have the capacity to process. And part of our conversation, which was so beautiful was the integration piece. And Mm -hmm. I think it was session two or three, you were like, okay, so how was your day? And I was like, I had therapy and I <laughs> went to this doctor and I did this energy clearing and then I had four clients and now I'm with you and, and I have something after. And you're like, have you thought about integration? <laughs> like, and you're like, there's this piece where you have to create the safe space to allow yourself to integrate this work so then you can move forward differently. And if this is just another thing on your to-do list as well, it it doesn't offer the same capacity of healing. And if you're not giving yourself the space and the resources and the support to feel safe doing it. And I realized in that process that the lack of integration was another avoidant technique that I've done most of my life. So,
1: well, yeah, and the, the, the urgent, right. We were, we were also talking, I think in that in that session about this urgency. And there's that, you know, that's part of trauma is this underlying urgency of like, you got to keep going, you got to keep moving, we got to do this and this and this. And we're in that, like, that's part of the activation. That's the like, you know, you know that that signal of like, go, 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 go. And you don't want to just put the brakes on. That's going to be then like really jarring, right? But mm-hmm. we wanted to slowly start to, to create a little modulation, slowly like have a little more modulation, have a little more slowing down, but not to the point where the system's like, okay, I can't tolerate that because what we're doing is wanting to understand, okay, it's not about like, okay, we're going to override. Okay, this is hard. This is scary. We're going to keep going. It's like, we actually want to work right at that line where it's just above kind of where your comfort zone is, but it's not too much. So what, because what we want to build is more window of tolerance. We want to build a feeling of like, that when we're doing this work, it actually, we're developing a feeling of like, wow, it's, it's like, it's, it feels good to be inside. There's something, you know, like there's safety in there. It's my body is an ally and we don't want to just keep reinforcing that when we do, you know, going inside is just more bad feeling, more overwhelm, and more kind of defeat. You know, there's such a helplessness that comes with trauma. Trauma is really about like, I feel I don't have any control. I feel helpless with inside of me and with things around me and so we don't want to re- we want to re- make sure we're doing something really different than that right something that mm-hmm. feels like okay there's an empowering relationship with with the coming into connection with ourselves and sometimes we have to just go really really slow <laughs> i mean really we really want to work at the level of like just a, like heading in this other direction and having the work we do be very different than the trauma itself which is always like too much too fast keep going, you know, urgency, there's no time, there's all this compression. <laughs> so we have to have our healing work be very, very set up very mm-hmm. different than that. Or we're just trying to heal trauma with the same, you know, you know, in the same conditions that mm-hmm. it it developed in, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I right. really like what you said and, about, you know, that there is like that we all have it somewhere, even if it's just like really hidden or buried under a lot of disappointment and a lot of, you know, pain and defeat that there's, a, even if it's the tiniest grain of sand or a grain of rice, where there's some spark, some heart's desire for healing, you know, for like, you know, this law, this feeling like, there's there's a way out there's
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know mm-hmm. a desire to move forward mm-hmm. And so why don't we actually make that into into something we can all do together
0: Yeah that sounds so great. I'm
1: sh- shifting gears from what I was gonna
0: <laughs> do oh no because thats I'm that's
1: like this that's perfect. Really. I know you're yeah. right
0: and I don't want to keep you too long so <laughs> that sounds perfect
1: yeah okay so why don't you know let's all just take a moment, You know, just kind of find yourself and get oriented first and find yourself, you know, where you are, you know, take a look around, you know, see what's around you in the room and maybe listen to to the sounds you might be able to hear and then start to bring your awareness to, you know, what you're sitting on. If you're sitting There's something behind your back, you might be able to feel contact and support there. If you don't have that, but would like it, then go ahead and and bring, you know, bring yourself into a position with supports like pillows, um, <laughs> blankets, whatever you might need, so your body feels like it's got a connection to some support that's behind you and or underneath you. Whether that may that be you're sitting and you're feeling, you know, your seat on a chair, on your bed, on your couch. You know, feet if your feet are on the ground, you know bringing your attention to the contact with the ground. So already your your system is finding itself within the matrix that's around you, right? That there is you are embedded in this environment that you're in. And particularly bring your awareness to anything pleasant about it, so that you're as you're looking around, notice what you enjoy seeing you know, whether it's an object or a color or an animal, I see my little rabbit hopping around <laughs> or if there's pleasant sounds. And if there's any, you know, feeling of contact, support or connection that your body feels with you know what you're sitting on and the surfaces you're in contact with. So just taking a few moments to find yourself in this,
2: these layers of support. And as you tune into that,
1: notice, okay, does my body respond? Do I, do I feel a response or an effect inside? And then as you do, just bringing your awareness to that, like how, how do you notice the response of your body to this support around
2: you, finding yourself here. And as you're noticing that,
1: let's now move on to seeing if we can make some contact um, with what Sarah was, was describing in her a little while ago. That there is this heart's desire or sense of the possibility of healing, the possibility of change. And see if you can just locate even the tiniest grain of sand where that, you know. Grain of rice, where
2: that might be inside, where you might find contact with that. And notice that that is embedded
1: within this matrix that we're in of
2: the support of your environment. And when you
1: found where that is inside and made contact with that, or maybe you've just found the place where that might be if it were to be there. Just notice how it is to bring your awareness there. You might notice a feeling. You might notice it as an image, maybe a color, you know, picture in your mind's eye. Maybe it's a feeling. And just put your mind right into that.
2: And particularly noticing any way it feels good to notice this. And just see how it is to stay
1: stay with that. Go right into that feeling and stay with that. And notice what happens as you attend there. Does this feeling change? Does it evolve? Does it develop? Does it grow? Does it increase? Does it decrease? The images change.
2: How does your mind respond? You're
1: seeing how many aspects of you can connect with this this desire, this,
2: this sense of possibility. Noticing if your body responds, if your breathing responds. And
1: staying with this as long as you can, as long as it feels pleasant, as long as there is a pleasant response through your system or it's possibly developing or increasing
2: your connection to this aspect of you, this possibility for change. And and then when you're ready, when the this process
1: feels like it's winding down. Or when it feels like you're starting to need a bit of a break. Then just if your eyes are closed, you're gently opening the eyes and find yourself again, in the matrix of your environment. Notice what you see, you know, looking around. Noticing how things are looking to you now. Maybe you're seeing things differently. Maybe you're looking at different things. Notice what you know how sounds are, if you're maybe more aware of them. Also notice how your body feels in your chair, how the feet feel on the ground.
2: You know, notice if it's any different than when we began.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. I'm so curious if you have, you know, anything you want to share (laughs) that you notice.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so beautiful just to, and, and that was probably like three or four, maybe five minutes to even take those five minutes. Right. And I know our sessions are an hour plus, but even in that small amount of time, it's just so incredible to witness Where in the body you feel tension, where in the body you feel energized, where in the body you're drawing a level of awareness to from even a memory standpoint, memories popping up. And it's, yeah, it's incredible to keep coming back to that recognition of that place in you that deeply, deeply wants to heal. For me today, it was just the remembrance of patience. It was like, okay, just just be in the patience because the push and the hustle is the avoidance. And that's what continued to come up for me today. So it was it was it was that. and be present to what's available now for healing in every moment, not when you get to your session on Tuesday night at seven p m, but as you engage in social media, as you go on the TV, as you, you know, cross someone's path at the grocery store as you, you know, say good morning to your team members and your employees, like all of those moments are opportunity for this healing. And that, that was also showing up deeply for me today. And just, just that remembrance of in all of those moments, we get to come back to the body and be in the memory of, of healing too. So thank you so much. (laughs) Wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That was so beautiful. I mean, we could we could keep talking about this for hours. I know I'm like, I'm like already like 20 minutes over what I promised you. But I would love for the listeners to hear about your work, where they can find you, and then this new course that's so incredible that you're launching very soon.
1: Okay, yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, so folks wanna find me, you know, my my practice. My site is com, And, you know, we are, um, we're going to be doing a course uh, called Deeper Dating which is basically all of these principles of what, like what we just did, you know, working with the nervous system, somatics, energetics, you know, consciousness, spirituality, you know, developing, it's called deeper dating because it's like developing this deeper relationship with yourself through the dating process, which is a very challenging milieu <laughs> for, I think everybody in terms of, um, you know, it tagging attachment stuff, it being scary and it, you know, it's just sort of fraught with challenges And so what we wanted to do is, you know, have, you know, introduce a process through which we're actually doing this internal healing work. We're using dating as the platform to ignite this personal internal healing work and heal the attachment wounds, get a more regulated nervous system, have our connection to our energetic system and our boundary system, and be able to actually use that in the dating process, but use the dating process to actually like ignite all of that, you know, so you develop a, a much more robust relationship with yourself through it, which should make the, you know, makes the dating process where you're able to kind of, you know, be grounded and boundaryed and connected to yourself, which is going to allow you to navigate that world in a way that's less overwhelming, less scary. You feel more in touch with yourself and a bit able to actually make clear choices that are more, you know, in your best interest and support your continued development. So we're going to be doing an intro in November, like a one day, you know, kind of an intro for folks. And then in the spring, we're going to do the full course. So, um, yeah, I'm excited.
0: That's amazing. (laughs) And what's the, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Is it through your website?
1: Yep. Yep, through my website. That's the best way. Yeah.
0: So, aware, aligned, awake. Aware, aligned, Yep,
1: (laughs) that's right. Yep. And then, you know, folks can send me an email or, you know, I'm, you know, text and calling is Mm -hmm. fine too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Thank -hmm. you so much for being here and being open to share your incredible work and the work of somatic experiencing and all of the other amazing modalities that you offer. I know that they all kind of interweave and and find one another in incredible (laughs) ways um, in terms of the healing process. But thank you so, so much. And I'm so grateful to you.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I just am so always so happy to share, you know, this work and to talk about it and to kind of like keep trying to light the path, you know, and keep shining the light that Mm -hmm. we can all keep, we can all move forward together, you know, that's the the hope, right? Yes. And that each of us that gets to move forward and and kind of um, move out of fixation and move out of being stuck and have more freedom, it, it liberates all of us, and it and it allows everyone to, to do the work. It's yeah, I really believe in this as we support everyone when we move forward.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah. we heal ourselves, our our family members, our children our future generation, the planet, when, when we go yeah. in and do the work. And so thank you so much. Yeah, you're so welcome. Wow, I am so beyond grateful for Crystal's profound approach to healing and all of the wisdom that she shared today. For years, as I shared, I had been doing talk therapy, but I had reached this place where I began to notice my resistance to it and a wall I had created that blocked my ability to feel into the emotions that were necessary to heal. When I thought about my past, I felt very disconnected from it, almost as if it was a movie. Working with Crystal was deeply intimidating at first, but since we started, I've been diving deeper into these practices and witnessing powerful shifts take place. If you felt inspired by our conversation today, I encourage you for this week's challenge to do the exercise Crystal shared in your home in a quiet area. I also encourage you to get some external support and dive into somatic work. And as you do this courageous work, I trust that it will hopefully help you heal parts of yourself that you were unaware needed healing. Lastly, before you go, maybe you're struggling to tune out others' opinions and honor your inner guidance. Maybe you need a community that supports you on this journey. If any of this resonates with you, I invite you to join the Awesome Inside Out Facebook group. It's a private, safe space filled with beautiful hearts coming together to encourage and uplift one another. And for everyone who is already part of this group, thank you so much for helping us build such a beautiful community together. If you enjoyed this conversation, then I also recommend you listening to my podcast with Dr. Sam, as we approach a similar topic on the power of belief from a different angle. Drop me a message on Instagram if you've been listening to these podcasts and let me know what's been resonating. What do you wanna hear more about? How can I support you? And of course, I want to celebrate you. So make sure to tag me in your posts. You can find me on Instagram at Sarah Ann Stewart. And until next week, I'm sending you so much love and I trust that you will have a beautiful, incredible week ahead. All right, that concludes this podcast. It is my honor to always share with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You are here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feeling of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here, you are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action, just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. And if you benefit from it, it would mean the world to me if you could please spread this movement and share it with one person who you know would also benefit. We are all in this together, so thank you for being here and part of this movement.